Hey guys, you're listening to Butterfly Road, where we talk everything sport and mental health. I'm Jenny McGowan, joined by Carrie Ricaro, and it's time to get mentally naked. scrimmage this morning right well it ended up being an actual practice less scrimmage more practice i thought it was gonna be a straight up game i was like showing up like oh yeah it's a game yeah well you told me you're like trained trained for like the whole time and then played for like 10 minutes and then 20 minutes so Mm -hmm. like it's like regular practice it was so fun it's freezing here i'm like over this cold weather it's horrible but i guess i can't complain because there's like Places where there's icebergs. Yeah, but I mean, still cold is cold. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's awful here. I'm just not I'm used to so it. So over it. Yeah, I'm ready to put on my bikini. And go I'm to the not. Pool. <laughs> I am not. Why? Um, I'm just so far from being comfortable. I don't know. I just. I'm not bikini body ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not. I'm getting there. This is the spring told myself this is the spring that I get in the best shape of my life. Did you see that meme on Instagram? <laughs> I don't know if this was when you already started not being on Instagram, but it was like, yeah, on the girl, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like on the girl that basically loses and gains the same five pounds over and over again for fun. <laughs> I was yep. like, that's literally me. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's like a constant back and forth. Yeah. I don't know why don't I just give up, but then it would be more than five <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but anyways i gave nala back mm, to her own cry and no i i was like preparing myself and i was honestly ready to also Get not to mention her. my dog um was in heat which means she got her period and i'd never dealt with a dog that has been in heat also the owner told me she was faded which is a little annoying but anyways that was not fun to deal with but I have to, oh, you asked if I was sad. I dropped her off and it was like, fine. And then I walked back in and I started tearing up just out of nowhere. And normally I know when I'm going to, I like, I literally tell myself, okay, you're going to be sad about this, but this just came out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh my God, I had this dog for two weeks, but she was kind of like attached to me a little. So that's why I think it was hard, but yeah. And you like cleaned up her period. So (laughs) yeah. You have a special bond. Say, yeah, but I booked two more dogs at the same time. They're from the same family for next oh. weekend. Oh, fun. What and kind? it's for a week. Um, one is a German Shepherd mix and the other is an Irish Setter. Oh, cute. So I'm excited. Oh, they're going to be in our videos. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. There's two of them, too. Great. But yeah, I'm excited. But anyways, I wanted to start this off with a fun little question. The one I wanted to do today is, and it's just a question for you. But have you ever sent, like, what is, because I'm assuming most people have done this, they've sent a text to the wrong person, right? What is the worst wrong text that you've ever sent? Oh, gosh. I'm, I, ha- I almost did this last night because I was actually screenshotting a text from Emma Geyer from the mm-hmm. other day. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad one, but I was, I was talking about her to someone else. And I was about to screenshot the text and literally almost sent it back to her. But I sent it to the other person. Yeah. And it wasn't bad gossip. I know. Even like, if it's not bad, it's... Yeah. It was like, I go, oops. 
literally had that's so awkward. Type of but I can't think of any like that have scarred me badly. But somebody did this to me. <laughs> this boy that I didn't know very well was texting me. This was in 2019, and he said something that like made me angry. And I kind of gave him like some attitude back. And he screenshotted the text and sent it back to me. And I said to him, who was that supposed to go to? Because I know it wasn't me. Yeah. He's like, oh my God. Ha, 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 I'm so embarrassed. Like, this was supposed to go to Will. And I was like, oh, well, I saw it. And I was like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, if yeah. this happens to the best of us. But uh, And then I started seeing memes everywhere where they're like, when you screenshot a text and send it back to the, <laughs> to the person. And it's scary that you, your brain so subconsciously scary. just types in the name of the person. I do it like, all the time. Yeah, you got to triple check before yeah. you... I would get so scared with our coaches in college. I literally deleted their numbers. I didn't have their numbers saved That's in my smart. phone because I was scared I was going to call them. Yep. I don't know, send them a Snapchat. Just, yeah, it was too much of a risk. But my wrong text was, I was the guy in your story. Oh, no. And <laughs> it's a little more complicated, but I was... I'm not going to name names, but it was in college and... I was in at training table, which is for people who didn't go to Notre Dame. It's um, it's like athlete meals there. That's what we call it. I don't even think they have it anymore. But anyways, so <laughs> I was at training table and one of my teammates um, hadn't arrived yet. And I saw this guy that she was talking to um, go into like the normal non-athlete part of the dining hall because um, it was separated and he went and like he was with a girl and I texted. You texted the guy? No, I te- well, I texted my teammate and I go, <laughs> the name, like this person's name, just walked into North Dining Hall with blank. And I sent it to the guy. That's what I'm saying. You texted the guy. <laughs> how creepy. But it was like, so how if, is let's that? say his name's Billy. You texted Billy and said, Billy just walked into the dining yeah. hall with Diane. And he was probably like, I am Billy. Yeah. He, no, he responded and he was like, what? And I, <laughs> I think I tried was to. Was he like, on the hockey team? He sounds like a hockey guy. <laughs> no, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying this word. Yeah, he was. Was he? Um, but anyways, yeah, he texted back, and I think I tried to save myself still. Like, I should have just given it up, because how do you even get out of that? Oh, yeah. Like, that's pretty can't. hard to get out of. But I think I was, I saved myself and meant to, told him that I meant to say, oh, I just wanted to say that, like, I saw you going to the normal dining hall. Instead <laughs> it of, was like, cool. I don't know. I, like, put it on myself, though, because I felt so bad for dragging my teammate in this, like, when she was just <laughs> not involved. And so... Yeah, and then he called me, and I didn't pick up. And then we didn't talk about it. <laughs> so, that, yeah. It, oh, that stuff scares me. Um, I don't know if I ever told you. I feel like I told you this. I, I thought of it before when you said you deleted coaches' numbers in college. Mm-hmm. I, I butt-dialed Teresa at 3 in the morning after we went <laughs> to CJ's Halloween weekend. Are like for, for, like, a good two minutes. I looked down at my phone, and it was like... You left her a voicemail? Whatever I was doing, yeah, I was getting a ride home from one of our teammates. We oh didn't have a God. game. We Did we had not anything. Weekend. I don't remember. I like the next would have remembered. I, no, like I don't remember her being mad at me. I think it was just kind of like a hi. 
Oh Are we going to just pretend? That, that is my worst nightmare. And you don't know what, <laughs> like when down. it happened and we what were was said. Me and whoever were getting a ride home from a teammate from downtown. And I looked down at my phone as I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like two minutes and 30 seconds into a voicemail <laughs> to Teresa. <laughs> What if she was on the line? Did you just hang up right away? I hung up right away. You probably said, oh, shit, hung up, and she was on the line. (laughs) I was wearing my whoopee cushion costume. I know. I can picture. I knew it was a whoopee cushion Halloween. I knew it. It just makes sense. It was was stupid. That's awful. That's my worst nightmare. It's okay. I was being a good kid. I just, it was an accident. So I feel like, I feel like my butt dial would have had a lot of different things said <laughs> in it than your butt dial. I don't, yeah, I don't think I like, said Like, for the most that. part, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> okay, we're doing another player spotlight today. We haven't done one in a while. When, who was the last one? Hayden? I was it was Hayden me. Hurst? Yeah. Doesn't that seem forever ago? Yes, it does. Yeah. And I wanted to do a girl athlete mm-hmm. too, because we did, we've done like three or four guys. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking about Liz Cambage today. I actually didn't know who she was. So I had to kind of like look into this. Did you know her as a player or do you follow the WNBA? I don't follow it that much. I should follow it more. And I didn't really know her, but I knew of her name. And I remember seeing stuff on like mental health and her speaking out about it. But that was all I knew. And so what we were able to research for today just kind of blew my mind. You sent me a YouTube video that was like not really about mental health. I think the one you sent me was just about getting to know her. Mm -hmm. And I was like... She's so cool. She's like she's hilarious. I was laughing. I was smiling. I was like, I want to be her friend. Like she has that infectious, goofy Mm -hmm. personality that I would like totally vibe with. But it and that doesn't surprise me now that she's very open about her struggles with mental health. I feel like she has that personality where she's just like, I'm unapologetically gonna be myself and like let the world know. My ups, my downs. Like when she called herself like Sasha Fierce on the court and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she just like doesn't you know give an f about anything like she's just yeah. like herself and i think it's really cool that she's using her platform to kind of help talk about these issues and there, there's like a lot of different areas just like what she talks about with mental health in terms of like what she struggled with and how dark it was and how the WNBA needs to be treated like the NBA in terms of getting access to like a mental health care professional yeah. and just like all that type of stuff and we can get into all of it um, but yeah, she, she went through some dark stuff. Like you name it. She probably, she was going through it. Like it was kind yeah. of. To give everyone just a really quick background on her. She was born in 1991 in London and then moved to Australia with her mom when she was three months old. And she was six feet tall by the time she was 10, 10. She's a literal giant. Yeah. And six foot five by 14. Yeah. How tall were you when you were 14? Five one. Well, I've been this. No, no, no. I've looked the same since sixth grade. So I've been this tall. I, my, I look grade. exactly the same since sixth grade. Yeah. Don't, don't use That's interesting. an example. I was a giant. Okay. <laughs> but she was, she was actually Anyways, so she started playing basketball as a way to make more friends and her position as center. In 2011, she was drafted by Tulsa. 2012, she played for Australia in the Summer Olympics and they won a bronze medal. And she was supposed to head back to complete a season with Tulsa right after the Olympics. 
and on the morning of her flight, she announced that she would not be returning. And her agent released a statement saying, over the past six months, Liz has been involved with the Australian national team as they prepared for the 2012 London Olympics. She's returned from the Olympic campaign physically exhausted and is in need of some recovery time. Unfortunately, this will make her unavailable for the remaining few weeks of the WNBA season. This is probably the first time a lot of people realized that she was struggling with something Mm -hmm. under the surface. In her Players' Tribune article, she said she remembers getting off the plane because she had a layover Mm -hmm. before she went to the States. And she said she, like, could not get back on. Mm -hmm. Like, physically could not go, which, I mean, is super powerful. But also good for her for not, for kind of, like, knowing her breaking point. I mean, obviously, she still had to learn a lot more about herself. This is only 2012. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you think it's interesting that her Players' Tribune came out seven years later? Yeah. Like, it, what happened in those seven years? Yeah. So she that didn't she say didn't this. speak out, yeah. really. But it's hard. Like, the stuff well, she, was she was going through, she had, she had, like, suicidal thoughts. She was, like, yeah. I feel like she had drug abuse, depression. Like, she was struggling with a lot of stuff. And it was on-court stuff, too, which we always talk about. Like, sport could be your escape sometimes. But this was similar to, like, Colin Wilson yeah. as well. Like, sports were causing more angst like it wasn't helping think about like when you're going through those dark times how difficult is it to really speak out like you have like this fear of judgment and like fear of everyone looking at you differently for the rest of your life like once you say it you can't really take it back and Mm -hmm. back then there was still this huge stigma so to be this you know olympian and professional basketball player and be like i had suicidal thoughts like people are gonna still in this day and age look at someone and go oh Ooh, you're scary. You you thought about yeah. suicide? Something's wrong with you. You're scary. I can't relate to you. You're weird, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's the fear of judgment probably or being like looked at yeah. differently and maybe yeah. that's why. I it don't is know. interesting though that sh- like this was in 2012 when the Olympics were and then 9 years later the article came out. But in 2013 she ended up returning to play for Tulsa, and then she didn't return to the WNBA for five years after that. 2016 is when she was actually put on suicide watch. It was like the first time she called her mom and told her mom that she didn't want to be here anymore. Um, and she even still to this day talks about the guilt that she has for putting those closest to her kind of in this situation where they are getting hurt. She doesn't need to have that guilt. I was going to say, did, why feel guilty? Yeah, you, you can, I mean, it's not you your can fault. feel thankful, but you had a strong support system. You can feel extremely grateful, but don't feel guilty because that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, I've struggled. You've struggled. I personally don't feel guilty that I was putting that burden on people, especially now mm-hmm. that I'm like healed and I look back. That was like a weird version of who I am. That's not really who I am. I was yeah. sick. And so I don't feel bad about anything that like happened during that time. Even like the burden I put on you, like, thank you so much, obviously. Like you were a trooper during that time, but like, I'm not like feeling guilty that I made you no. give me all this extra help and attention. Like I, you I, had I to. I expect you to. Yeah. But like at first to, to have the yeah. the awareness to recognize and then the courage to say, mom, I'm not good. This is what, how I feel and I want to fix it. Hat off to her. Hat off? Hats off. Hats, <laughs> hats, hats. Off. hats off to her. Hats Seriously. off. Um, that was in 2016 when she kind of hit this rock bottom low point in 2018 she signed a multi-year contract with the dallas wing so she's returning to the wnba and then in 2019 she requested a trade from the wings trades to las vegas aces and 2020 i think she sat out 
the season mm-hmm. or she's sitting it out due to health concerns and pre-existing risk factors around the pandemic, which I mean, a ton of athletes have done that. Right. So yeah, that's a big overview. And we kind of were able to dive into little things here and there, but I wanted to give you guys the framework. And now we can really dive into her statements on mental health and the stories that she had. And I want to start from the beginning in her childhood because I kind of glossed over that. But she has battled mental health for a very long time. She said like half of her years and she's what? 21, 28. So for like, I can't do math. Wait, she's born in 91? Yeah. And she's 30. So for 15 years, she's been dealing with this. And um, anxiety, depression, which she said was triggered by her anxiety. And at 15 years old, she said she would get blackout drunk some nights to cope with all of this. She's woken up with an IV in her arm. She's woken up not being able to remember a thing. And her first attempt at sobriety was at 18. So already from the get-go, there's a lot of, I think, just issues that she doesn't even understand because she's young. She's 14, 15 years old, dealing with anxiety and depression. She's also this standout athlete, pretty sure by 15 years old, people knew she was going to. She was given these expectations. I just think it's really telling and it's good to know that side to her childhood because it helps understand her journey and all of the ups and downs that she's been through. But um, yeah, like for her, this didn't just like blossom. This wasn't situational. It wasn't a, you know, acute. It was like, I deal with this. I'm probably going to deal with this for the rest of my life. And actually I loved one of her quotes at the end. I was going to save it for the end, but it's fitting now. But she she was talking about herself and how she's going to be dealing with this forever. And she said she probably always will be. And you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. So she knows. She recognizes it. She knows yeah. it's going to be okay. And that it's kind of now her vocation to speak on it, deal yeah. with it, and help others do the same. And I think it took a lot of years of rock bottoms for her to <laughs> yeah, <it doesn't> <laughs> realize, like, I just have to get through this. Like, there's no way around it. Um, actually, after she was drafted by Tulsa, this is in 2011, she said she spent almost every night of the rookie season alone, in tears, by herself. And for someone who is essentially achieving their childhood dream of playing professional basketball in the WNBA – and to feel so alone. It reminds me a lot about Colin's story um, in that way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then 2012 was the Olympics and Australia won the bronze medal. In her mind, she thought that it was a failure, like that she'd failed herself, Mm -hmm. her teammates, her country, um, and everyone who was counting on her. She was only 20 years old at this point too, which is crazy. To go to the Olympics, win a medal, just meddling in general. Going to the Olympics in general is phenomenal. But to win a bronze medal and then at 20 years old, look at yourself and be like, I failed. Like you have to have a lot of harsh criticism on mm-hmm. yourself at that age to have that perspective on things. So when she came back, she was just all over the place, I think mentally. She was obviously, she was on meds though. Um, so I guess that's what she was doing to deal with it. Yeah, so I guess that you're right. She was on meds. Like, that was her main form of medicine. Yeah. <laughs> her meds were her um, main form of medicine. <laughs> that was such a dumb statement. No, I like Yeah, it. so she was on medication. She was probably going up and down, up and down with it. And one thing she actually said about medication is that it helps keep her self-doubts from spinning out of control. It allows her mood to feel steady, helps her sleep, makes her feel healthier Mm -hmm. and freer. But it is a love-hate relationship. And I personally 
know about this um, because I do also take anxiety medication and it's something I haven't been open about in the past just because I wasn't, I don't know, ready to say it on a podcast. Um, I only know a couple people I've told in person. So, I mean, it's not even that big of a deal. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is I do understand those side effects of taking medication for anxiety. And um, I'm actually on, I'm pretty sure it's an antidepressant, but it is a piece of work, this medication. And the love-hate relationship part comes in when she's talking about there's no stability without having to dull. So when you take this medication, at least for me, and also Liz, it numbs all of your feelings. So you don't really feel anything. And yeah, it does a good job keeping out those reoccurring thoughts and, you know, kind of helps you go about your day more smoothly. But at the same time, it doesn't allow you to feel those like euphoric feelings that you get from little things. Like it kind of just puts you at this like one even keel and Mm -hmm. you're just, yeah, you're just staying on it. And so I think when she was struggling with this, she was probably just trying to figure out what is the best combination. And sometimes you need something else in addition to meds. Like you need medication and to see a therapist and or add something else into the mix. Like there's a bunch of different ways that you can come up with a treatment plan for someone. And that also includes figuring out the dosage that you take mm-hmm. for medication. I started taking it before my senior year of college. And I was put on a pretty high dose and I didn't realize how high it was until a couple months ago when I was just kind of sick of feeling tired and lethargic all the time. I would have no energy to do things like I didn't want to like get out of bed. And I mean, I still did work, obviously, and I still tried to like do everyday things, but it was slowly kind of just draining me and I was so numb to it all. So it just was I just felt numb. And so recently, and I don't suggest people do this, but I I researched a lot and I ended up tapering myself off to Mm -hmm. about half of my dose. And I did it the way that Google said for me to do it. But Mm -hmm. now I feel a lot better and I might try to go down a little more. I don't know. But for now, like I feel a lot better. It was really scary. The first day that I tapered, I was exhausted. Like I could not get off the couch. I was it was so weird. And it wasn't like a loopy exhaustion. It was just like death. (laughs) I felt so out of it. But yeah, so I can totally relate to Liz in this situation. um, And her trying to figure out like her medication, the protocol for, you know, having to treat this. I have, I had a couple of questions about all of this and some for you and some about her. Um, First statement from me is just like, meds help. They sound scary. People are hesitant to say that they've been on them or are on them or it's, you know, still a little bit taboo. I'm going to just jump on the train with Ginny. Like I've been on meds too. I I was on an antidepressant and a sleep medication and anti-anxiety as well. I'm no longer on any of them because I've gone through some situational things, but, um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes you just need a little boost. And my doctor used to tell me that it basically takes like all the craziness that's in the front of your brain and just like pushes it to the side so you can function at least. I would love to hear more from you about like what your meds did. Like I didn't know, cause I think I was on low dosages for about a year. So I don't think I went through all of the, like the grogginess and the even keel. Like I was able to feel those highs and lows still. But I guess it gets to the point, like you said, you started to wean yourself off. And Liz, I think, completely stopped taking her medication because she was just like, I want to live my life. I want to feel. And then she, that's when it started to get bad for her again, which is like the panic attack you're talking about. 
So my question for you is, can you just talk about like, do you have any experiences or examples from college or, or like anything after college that you're like, oh my God, my meds are really just like messing with me. But that's not to say meds are bad. They just sometimes everyone, it's trial and error. You need yeah, different dosages. Everyone's different. This is like kind of like a new thing. It's yeah. trial and error. You And you got to just communicate yeah. how it makes you feel. I think the first two weeks it was hard because it actually increased my anxious thoughts mm-hmm. when I with soccer and stuff but that is common actually and then it takes about it took about six weeks. weeks oh we're at six damn six weeks for it to like kick in for me and then my dreams were crazy mm-hmm. like the most vivid things I could not wake up to my alarm ever and I'm pretty sure it's because I was so it was like a movie I was like in a movie mm-hmm. in my dreams I don't know. It's so hard to describe. It just kind of like numb me. And I guess social interactions, I wasn't really afraid to say something. So like my, I consider myself like an extroverted introvert, but my, it caused my extroverted side to come out so much more because I was like now comfortable talking more to people. But, um, do you think you weren't able to feel your highs, the highest you could have? Yeah. I had no idea. Cause you were always bubbly and giggly. I thought you were like, you know, life of the party, having fun. Well, this is my senior year and then... Right, but you did this throughout college. College. Oh. Yeah, just one year. It was just one year in college. Oh, oh yeah. I wasn't there at the time. I, I was like, when I was with you, I didn't feel this way. Yeah, but I mean, that still doesn't mean... Like, I was still able to enjoy my senior year. It was just, I was also trying to figure out this, like, medication protocol behind the scenes right. and try to, like, work. And um, I didn't tell anyone. I did it besides Bobby. But, like, I didn't really tell my parents. I had talked to my parents about it. They were just like, whatever works best for you. Like, we're happy. We support you, basically. So this was your first time on meds was senior year? Yeah. Can you explain when Liz, she was off her meds and had this panic attack, but then was like, I have to start all over again. I have to be sleeping for 18 hours. I don't understand fully what she means. So once you have start taking these meds, they're in your system, and you need to continue to take them to keep like the level of that medication in your system. So once you like officially go off of your meds completely and she, I'm, I don't know how long it was for, but I'm assuming it was for a pretty long time. Long enough for her to start to have panic attacks on the Yeah. You have to go through the same like six week process of basically onboarding to these meds again, feeling all those side effects. Mm. And she probably had such high dosages too. So it really messed with her. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's exhausting. I totally I get what I she was see. talking about, how she couldn't. Yeah, she, like, was 18 hours in bed, right, feeling heavy, mm-hmm. tired, adjusting to a new normal that just required a ton of rest. But I like how she she framed it as an injury. She said, I was rehabbing an injury like any other. And we always say this. We need to start treating these mental health issues as injuries because they're just as debilitating to her performances, a physical injury. I literally wrote down this exact question. I'm going to read word for word. This was for you. How do you feel about sports teams not treating mental illness like a physical injury? Because they don't. Because when she was resting, it wasn't, like she said, it wasn't did not play mental illness, mental health. It was did not play rest. And it's like, yeah. why don't we just say did not play depression or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, it's I, just because we're not I to went, that point. Right? I went through this. In in the NWSL, if you, you get hurt, you still get paid. But if you have to take a leave of absence for mental illness, I am like 95% sure 
you are taking a leave and going away and not getting paid, I believe, because I was about to sign a paper that would have cut my pay. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't sign it because I was like, wait, I might be able to come back and do this. So I don't want to sign this yet because I thought I would be able to just like wait a little bit and maybe roll into preseason late and still get paid and still be on the roster and still... Once I signed that paper, I was taking a leave with like my contract suspended, not pay. Damn. Yes. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. And that's, and that's probably, why we have room to grow here, I think. I didn't even think of that. Thank you for adding that. They pro- It's probably the same for all mm-hmm. sports. Well, I mean, think about my situation. Nobody in the public eye knows that I dealt with mental illness during that year. And it's nothing, I'm saying it out loud. It is what it is at this point. What's, it's part of who I am. It's part of my growth and my story. No one knows because no one said anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like this weird thing that just got brushed under. I, ref- I refused to sign that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I think I deserve a little bit better treatment from that. And also, like, if that's what I'm getting, like, I'm going to push my ass to get back there in time then because I want to get paid. And then I looked yeah. in the mirror and decided to, I had 28 days and I, like, ran my butt off and I came back in. They didn't afford me the opportunity to do anything else. No, they didn't. And then it could put you and athletes like yourself like going through this stuff at even more risk if you're like, Rushing. well, I need, I need to get paid, so I'm just mm-hmm. going to – I need to go to preseason. And you're not mentally right. Like, you're not right. It's just going to deteriorate yourself more until you hit that rock bottom. But, I mean, it is new, and mm-hmm. it's starting to get more and more – like, discussed more and more publicly, but – I do think that's one of the next steps for all of these professional mm-hmm. leagues is to have a licensed therapist. And it's not even a league thing. Well, the league would make it a rule, which the NBA did, right? Right. And yeah. Yeah. Liz was like, well, not, why not the women? Yeah. Yeah. Just to have a therapist on each team that meets with the players weekly, whenever they want. Like or, I cannot or is just downside. there in market someone who's like for me in Raleigh can we have someone in Raleigh where if we need to go maybe we have like a sponsorship just like we have a chiropractor and we have yeah. a massage therapist they have their regular jobs they have their practices but we need we go to them if we need I feel like them. it should be within the team though I feel like that makes it more like we're here for you this is a family like this is another trainer just like the rest of these trainers right. and doctors and I think that also helps them get to know like the team atmosphere, understand the coaches. Mm. I don't know. I just can't see a downside besides it costing the money or money to yep. the team. That's, but I mean, but how do you put a price on your mental health? You can't. You don't put a price on this. You can't. Well, it's hard. That's what makes it like difficult for them to see because for all of these leagues, it's about that profit. You right. Know? It's so a business. it's like they can't right. really right. compute the benefit. Or how yeah. it'll impact well, them. But I mean, like, I, I screw would push all for of that. that. Yeah, I, I'd like, push for that. Screw all that. Let's just get with the times, people. Yes, and I think that's something that Liz is doing. I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be advocates for this, including me. I'm going to definitely push for this in the future in the NWSL because I think it's yeah. really important. But she mentioned something like, think about your job. Why don't you guys have that option? Like, just like we have vision and dental and whatever, why don't we have just, it, it's, we need it at our fingertips easier. We, do well, we, you're talking about like insurance, like well, I guess not. Well, then it's not really insurance, then I guess because we don't jobs have jobs. Do so jobs. Have my me. company provides me with mental health benefits. Well, that's wonderful. Yes. I, why and do I, I feel like that's not? I assume everywhere. there's a lot of other companies that do the same thing. Okay, good. But that so should that, be the standard. Yes. Um. But like, what? Why? Well, then I don't know. I guess she was <laughs> she was saying something like everyone needs more access to this. Like it yeah. should be like well, just, I mean if and it's hard. This is like very complex. Yeah, and it's a dream of ours. I'm sure. 
But and, and it's uh, yeah, I don't know the ins and the outs of the money and the complexities. But it's just something. I just think of like now. I'm going back to my team. I just think if there was someone there that we had access to, a lot more girls would be yeah. kind of figuring their getting their mind right. Yeah, I do have a question for you mm-hmm. about meds. What would you say to someone, athlete, non-athlete? Any age, pick anyone in the world. What would you say to them if they were hesitant to consider antidepressants or anti-anxiety or sleep medication because of the stigma surrounding it or they were scared of the side effects or scared of the numbness or scared of not being who they are? What would you say? I would say talk to your doctor because they obviously know about all of this. My doctor or my therapist was really good at kind of giving me all the information. He told me all these side effects beforehand. Um, I spoke to people close to me that I knew were on medication and I asked them about their experience and then do a lot of research, like research what you are being prescribed, possibly research, prepare yourself for these side effects. Just be prepared for a long process. And you can also get lucky. Like, yeah, it can start working in six weeks, which is like what happened with me. And yeah, I had those side effects, but I was ready for them. I knew that was going to happen. Right. And, and you I was like, you, it was yeah, worth and the, the pros outweighed the cons mm-hmm. in that situation. Exactly. As I've changed and gotten older, the cons started to like become a little more important to me. And so yeah. that's why I decided to lower it because yeah. I'm like, okay, the pros are kind of dwindling since I don't deal with that much anymore. Right. And you maybe have grown, healed, yeah. developed coping mechanisms, exactly, exactly. stuff like that. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's not right or wrong. Like whatever is best for you, screw people saying it's weird. And I get it because I used to, obviously I didn't say anything Mm -hmm. about it on the podcast till now Mm because there is that stigma like, oh, you're on meds. And I always like joke about it myself pretty much. (laughs) I'm always like, I've got to take this or I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) Like, But it's really just not, it's like taking a vitamin pretty much. Yeah. You just need for your mind. Yeah. You just need a little boost and they, they are very helpful. Um, I like, don't really have much else. You can continue with her story, but I like asked you a lot of my questions early on. But you can continue. Yeah. I mean, I really just want to dive into like her absolute rock bottom, which happened in 2019. Mm -hmm. She had just gotten back from all-star break and was joining the wings. That was when she was off her meds and Mm -hmm. she actually went out that weekend too. She eventually started drinking and then it spiraled. And when she got back to the WNBA, that's when we said that she took a DNP rest. And DNP, for people who don't know, is did not play. play. I had to look that up. Yeah, me too. Yeah. When they're listed, like, not on the roster, it's yeah. they'll give a reason. Yeah, but the, her reason was rest, which yeah. I thought it was so cool that she was like, rest? Are you effing kidding me? No, this is really why I'm not playing. Like, how cool is that? No, I think it's cool. And she was just so straight up about it. Yeah. Um, and then that led to the panic attack she had outside the locker room, which we'd already talked about. Um, but I think just in general, I love the way she approached this article. And she wrote some pretty beautiful things. Like she did a really good job at describing depression. I want to read this one. Oh yes, please do. She opened up her article with this kind of metaphor and she was asking the readers, like, do you guys know what a rip is, which is a riptide? And it's this thing where one moment you might be having a normal sunny day at the beach, no big deal. You're chilling, you're swimming around with your friends. And then the next moment, what you don't even realize is that slowly but surely the current has been dragging you out into the ocean and now the water is getting deeper and deeper and your friends have all disappeared and it doesn't feel so sunny anymore and you can't move and you can't breathe until suddenly it's just you alone under these enormous dark waves and you drown. It's also the closest I can come 
to describing what it's like when I'm depressed. It's crazy how it sounded. I was like picturing it in my eyes. Like when I shut my eyes, it sounds so good and looks so good. And then how quickly things can change for no reason. It's like, oh, I was having fun with my friends in the water. And then for some reason I drifted out 50 more feet and they went back to the beach to go get lunch. And now I'm out here. Oh, and then it's storming and I'm drowning now. Mm -hmm. But why? But there doesn't need to be a reason why. Sometimes there's just... Yeah, that's what depression is. is. So complex. It is so many different reasons and people haven't figured it out yet. Obviously, like there was a cure for depression. We wouldn't be doing this probably. Yeah, it's interesting that therapy and medication, it's kind of just like something that masks it. Yeah. Not cures it, right? Yeah. Would you say I'm cured from depression, I guess? Or it's something I just... I think it's in remission, I I would say. Mm -hmm. But there are times where maybe a little thing will show up on the PET scan and you might have like a little scare here and there, but then it'll go back into remission. Mm. It's another metaphor. Yeah. Boom. On with the metaphors today. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was a really good way really cool. to describe it. Also, yeah. like we've always yeah. talked about this. It's such a slippery slope. Like once you start falling into that spot, you're there before you even know how to help yourself get out. Oh, yeah. You, that's why I'm always like, you. it's so different when you're in the moment. Like we can talk about it right now, but to feel like the full experience of it, you have to be in that moment because yeah, words can't really describe not it. not thinking straight. Like when you're in those waves and you're drowning and it's storming, even if the Coast Guard comes with the buoy, like it's not helping. It's just, it's like almost too late. It's like, hold on, I got to drown real quick for a little and you can save me later. But the, I like, what's next for Liz? What do you think? She's well, just she's chilling because COVID. She's sitting out this season. I think she's with the Las Vegas Aces now. So she's mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. I'm excited to see everything she does moving forward mm-hmm. and see her be a trailblazer for mental health conversations in the WNBA. I know. I want her and, to put out more. She doesn't yeah. have a lot. She has this player's tribune. Yeah. And I want her to keep I know. talking about this. I want more. Yeah, I, I do too. And she's I, also just so cool. She was funny as hilarious. Hell. Hilarious. Just, how can someone so yeah. funny and successful and beautiful and sh- like a, this shining star want to, you know, kill It herself. almost makes you feel like they must be making it up. Like, right? That's what a lot of people's first impressions might be just because of what they see on the outside. Right. Like that is They're like, oh, well, you have it all. You have it all. Yeah. Like you Why? see this girl, she's happy. She's laughing. She's a star in the WNBA. Yeah. She's beautiful. Olympics. She's famous. Yeah. She's an Olympian. Like, like she has it all. She has it all. Yeah. And so people are probably like, well, it must not be that bad because she looks fine. But oh, no. Yeah. No, right. no. She can struggle. And that's why you kind of have to always look at people... And, like, you can't judge a book by their cover. You can't judge them by their Instagram. You can't mm-hmm. judge them by their success in their sport. You, have to, you have to connect with people and dig deeper. <laughs> and, and the only way to know if someone's really struggling mentally is communication because them telling you how they're feeling, yeah. if they're feeling symptoms, is really the only way to know. She's definitely awesome, and I'm glad we did this episode on her. But I want yeah. to see more. It's just we didn't have a lot to work with out there yeah. in the public. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm glad we're bringing awareness to her in any way we can because I didn't know who she was. So if you never told me to do this episode, I would have yeah. never. Now I'm a fan. Now I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's cheer her on. Let's see what she does. Let's all take a moment to remember that what you are on the outside is not necessarily what you are on the inside. And her bravery to speak about the details of the rock bottoms 
I thought was really cool because I know we've done episodes on other people where they haven't gone into as much mm-hmm. detail about what they were experiencing. And I know I'm still someone that hasn't fully opened up about details of what I'm experiencing because that, that shit's hard. So I'm not doing it today. <laughs> um, that's my point. It's like, I think it's really cool of Liz to, to be like, yeah. yeah, we talk about mental health, like the surface level, like, oh, depression, anxiety, let's take care of others. And who wants to really dig deep and look at the nitty gritty, like scary exactly. stuff. And she, and she was like, I'm gonna, and not many yeah. people do. I was actually about to say this quote because I thought it was really important and something that we haven't really talked about, but she said, I don't think it's until <laughs> we're ready to truly open up about those types of experiences until we're ready to get real about how mental health can be this dark and even losing battle that we'll be ready to take the next step in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And that goes to exactly what you were saying. Like, it's ugly. It's not like, oh, we're just going to come in here and it's going to be like flowers and puppies. Like, oh, depression, we take meds. No, it's like... Like, you you have to get down and dirty with it to really figure this out and it's hard like we don't want to deal with it people who go through this if you're not dealing with it it's probably hard for them to try to understand insert themselves so and they don't know where you're coming from so it is it's a bunch of different complex factors all in one in this perfect storm but i think just by putting out this article and talking about it and us doing this and talking about liz and her story i mean we're just we're only helping that goal to be able to talk about this in the future she's amazing and brave and a warrior yeah yeah she was awesome i'm so glad we did her yeah we're she's definitely using her struggles to do good in the world Mm -hmm. liz cambage got it right this time i was struggling with her last name beginning of this i was cracking up I really like yeah, doing that. that. Yeah, that was good. Now I am going to make some food. I feel like it's deja vu of last Saturday. It's I'm like, okay, Saturday. we trained in the morning. We have off tomorrow. Yep. Ryan and I are making this like lit olive vodka sauce. And we're going to, we're now on the last season of Revenge. So. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like still over here not doing anything on my Saturday. That's okay. You, no, that's did, you wa- did you watch Temptation Island? Oh, yes. It was good. There's a lot of soccer players on there. I will admit I was two glasses of wine deep, so uh, I might need to rewatch you it. You should. It's good. It's good. It was, it was just... It was, I'm not used to not being able to binge it. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like the last you got to wait a week. I know. Yeah. Like, no. Wait till it starts to, to get, like, stuff. really deep into it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait another week for the bonfire. That's what happens. But that's when uh, you know you're like, you really like it, which is great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My back is starting to hurt so bad. I don't know. It's like I have terrible posture, but I keep on thinking your hat is like whiskers or is like a this, cat. This is Ryan's hat. I asked to borrow it. I like had to beg, honestly, beg <laughs> her to borrow because look. Why? <laughs> That's why. Because your hair is dirty? No, my hair's never dirty. My hair's okay. never dirty. Because Shut up. it's just messy from... The, I showered at the stadium and came here. I'm, my hair has been doing this weird... But why didn't it's she... It's curly why, now. Why, why did you hair? have to beg to borrow the hat? Because why did she, she not like well, it? Well, she was wearing a pink hat too. And she's like, well, I'm wearing a pink <laughs> so hat. So you couldn't wear like, one in a different I, I was like, can I wear that? And she was like, well, I'm wearing it. And I was like, do you have any others? She's like, oh, I have this 
bright pink one, Hearts of Hearts, it's called. I think it's a company, obviously. Okay, for now. I just can't wait for the summer in general. Yeah, you better work on that. That bikini bod, yeah. Bikini body. I should do. I should really do something today, but I also can't move. I weightlifted yesterday for like the first time. <laughs> you know when you touch your muscles and it, you can like feel the soreness. Okay, I think it's about time we. <laughs> Carrie just put the entire hat hair into your her hat. I can't speak. Okay. Wait, before we go, what do I look like? I feel like I look like Frenchie from Greece. I don't know. It, it's starting to creep me out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk next week. Goodbye. Bye.